When we started this series, I laid out a goal for us in five areas of our lives, that we would see God for a fresh vision. People were asking in our community groups, what really is vision? Is that like you go out in the desert somewhere and you get this flash picture? What is vision? Vision is just a, a preferred future. It is an understanding of what God's word tells us ought to be in various parts of our lives. And so often as followers of Christ, we kind of get into the whole go to church thing and we forget that God is concerned about us and he has a vision for every part of our lives. And in this series, we're trying to break that down into five areas. Our, our spiritual life, we, we looked at that last week. How to, get, how to get from cold or lukewarm to hot in our relationship with God. And you can listen to the podcast on that. Today we're talking about relationships with other people because God cares about our relationships. And then over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about our, our professional life. What does God want to accomplish through our work and our finances and, our, and our, even in our bodies? And I'm not going to tell you which one of those is coming which because I'm afraid you won't show up on the body one, okay? But we're going to talk about that one on one of these Sundays. Probably the chili cook-off. That'd be a good day, right? But today we're going to focus on getting unstuck in our relationships. So here's, here's what I want you to do. We're going to plug where we are because I think we're very, I think we know where we are. We're going to plug where we are into, uh, in, and then we're going to plug in where we want to be into God's Word. And this is going to give us guidance. It's going to teach us and show us how God wants to lead us in this incredible life. So here we go. Where there's no vision, here's the thought today. Where there is no vision for our relationships with people, those relationships will wither and perish. Isn't that true? If there's no vision for our relationships, if we take them for granted, if we just kind of let them take their natural course, so often they wither and they perish. You see, relationships, I, I, they're, they're amazing, aren't they? I mean, they can be amazing, they can be powerful, they can be life-giving, but they can also be death. You know, they can also be very hard. In fact, relationships are very hard to, to build and to grow and to develop and maintain. And we ask ourselves, well, why is that? If God is a God of relationship, why is it hard for us to nurture and grow our relationships? Now, now my, my opinion is simply this. I think the reason it's hard is, is so often we do not put the effort into our relationships that we do in other areas of our lives. We, we tend to take for granted that somehow they're just gonna naturally grow. In fact, when relationships tend to maybe, maybe go bad, you usually hear this thought like, wow, man, I never saw that coming. I, I, never, I never thought that was going to happen. Why? Because we aren't taking the time to really build and nurture and maintain what God has given us in relationship because God puts a premium on relationships. It's not gonna be up here this morning, but I just really felt led to read this to you out of the, the message, out of the Sermon on the Mount, this great uh, teaching of Jesus Christ that you find in Matthew 5 through, through 7. And in that, you'll see that much of what he said had to do with our relationships and our marriages, our friendships, our work relationships. And he, he put such a premium on relationships. This is what he said. Just listen to this. He said, this is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship, so if you're coming to church and you're about to make an offering and you suddenly remember a grudge that a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. You know, as pastors, we're always afraid to teach that scripture because if we really lived it out, much of the church would have to leave right now. It'd be like an exodus, you know, like we're out of here, we gotta go, because most of us, if we're honest, there are relationships that need some work in our lives, aren't there? There's some people that we need to, to build up or restore, but yet to do it, we've gotta do it in a way that is willing to let God work in us because he cares about those relationships. Because here's the thing, we all want better relationships. Can we agree with that this morning? We all want better friendships, right? 
We all want better marriages. We want better family life or work life. We all seem to want that, but our difficulty is we seem to always want that on our terms and our ways. We have things that we consider non-negotiable. We have things that we are like, we're not, we're not changing, and yet we want good relationships. And the challenge is, is to let God lead us into these relationships his way. It's kind of like this. It'd be like one of you walking up and saying, hey, Mike, I've heard you've been to India a couple times. I'd like to go to India. And I'm like, that's great. Man, that'll rock your world. That's a great place. Wonderful people, amazing culture. And let me tell you how to get there. You see, it's a long way from here. So, so you're going to need to buy an airline ticket, and you're going you're gonna to fly a long, long time. You're like, oh, no, no, stop, stop, Mike. I, I don't do airplanes. Oh, okay then. Well, I, I imagine you can still get on a boat then, all right? It's going to be a really long trip, but, uh, but you know what? If you really want to get there and you're not doing airplanes, then I guess you're going to have to take a boat, right? And, they, and you go, well, I don't do boats. Okay, want to get to India, no plane, no boat, no way. In the same way, we want good relationships, but if we're unwilling to change and submit to God's will and his word, no good outcome. There's some prerequisites. There's things that have to happen. There's things that have to be in you that if you want good relationships, these things need to take place. And I'm going to give you about four of them this morning, so write them down on your, on your communication card. Get this out because these are really the prerequisites for all of us if we want a good relationship with our spouse, our friend, our coworkers, even with our, with our church family. And the first one is simply this. If I want a great relationship, I have to ask myself this question. Am I willing to change? Am I willing to change? You see, there may be something that, that you need to do to improve your relationships, but you've got to realize that most of the time it begins with you and not the other person. I can't tell you how many times in my counseling, I, I can almost predict it sometimes, that if two people come in, one is always wanting me to fix the other, right? If you would just fix her, our marriage would be all right. If you would just fix him, then, then our marriage would be all right. And the problem is they both need fixed, right? There, there's change that has to happen in both and all of our lives. But to do that, we have to be willing to be changed, to be molded, to be, to be put in God's hands and to be shaped. Check this out in Matthew 18. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What's up with the children reference there? He's talking about that pliable, moldable nature of kids. They're works in progress. We come to be adults and we forget that we're still works in progress. And we've got to be willing to let God change us and shape us. He's talking about, he said, if you're not able to do this, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. He's not talking about you won't get to heaven. He's saying you'll never experience heaven in your relationships on earth. You'll never experience that, that authority and power of God taking place in your relationships unless we are willing to change. It's been said in marriage that men marry women hoping they will never change, but they do. And women marry men hoping that they will change, and they don't. There's a lot of truth in that, right? Guys, we've got to be willing, right? If we're going to have good relationships, the first prerequisite is, am I willing to change? The second one is very similar, and that is, am I willing to put others first? Am I willing to put others first ahead of me? Am I willing to focus on someone else's life, someone else's needs, someone else's wants, and not just focus on my own? I really believe that in life there's really three roads we can kind of walk on in relationships, and we see it, we see it worked out all around us. The first road, and I don't think anyone here walks this road, but it's the low road, right? 
And the low road says this. It says, I'm going to treat people worse than I'm treated myself. You know, we, we meet people on the low road. They just got a bad outlook in life. They're not a lot of fun at parties. They're, they're hard to be around because they just want to just make everybody suffer like they suffer, right? But that's the low road. Then there's the middle road. And sadly, the middle road is the most comfortable road, but it's not a biblical road either. And that is that we treat people just like we are treated. So if you snub me, I'm snubbing you. You say something bad about my family, I'm coming back at you. You, you get in my parking spot, watch out, right? It's that I'm going to treat you like I'm treated, so it's tit for tat. I'm going to always make sure we get even. That's the middle road. It's unbiblical. It's ungodly, but yet a lot of people live there. And then there's the high road. And the high road is where Jesus says we need to walk, those of us who are following him as our Savior. And that is that we treat people better than they treat us, if we learn to put others before us, we will treat them better than they even treat us. Jesus said it in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 9, verse 35. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12, the disciples together and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Guys, if we want great relationships, we've got to learn to serve people. The greatest model of Christ in leadership was his service to us. In the same way, we are to serve others in our relationships. What a, what a revolution that would be, husbands, if you served your wives, or wives, you served your husbands, or, or maybe you serve your employer or your employees. Instead of just living in those roles of the world and forgetting that we're to treat others better than ourselves. So we've got to be willing to treat others or put others first. The third prerequisite is this, and this is the hard one. Am I willing to let go of the past? Didn't expect a hallelujah on that one. Amen, pastor preaching. This is huge. I mean, here's the truth. We're talking about setting goals and that, that if we come back around to September 2015, things will be different and better in our lives. But here's the truth. Some of us will be in the exact same place next year as we are right now in our relationships because we are so caught up in yesterday, we can't see tomorrow. We've got to be willing to let go of the past. Listen, some will not let go of hurts and slights, whether they're intentional or not, from our past, even though we would want to be forgiven ourselves if we hurt somebody or if we slighted somebody. We, we treat, again, different than what God says. Treat them better than you even are treated. And one of the best things you can do for yourself in this season of life is to learn to let go of the past. God's not there. Can I tell you that this morning? He didn't introduce himself as I was. He said, I am. I am right here, right in the midst of what you're doing right now. And to do that, we need to learn to forgive and start over. I, I don't know what they were called, and maybe someone can help me out. Uh, but when I, when I was little, I remember the, the coolest little thing my parents would give me on trips sometimes, this little pad. And this pad had this funky little red pencil on it. And on the top of the pad, there was like this plastic sheet, right? And I could draw whatever y'all, some of y'all are nodding, right? This is before Etch-A-Sketch and definitely before iPads, right? And, um, and I could draw on that. But here's the thing. If I got to the point where I didn't like what I drew, what could I do? I could take the sheet and go, start all over, right? Some of you need to start all over in some relationships. You need to let go of the past because it's not going to get you anywhere. Matthew 6, 15 says, but if you do not forgive others their sins, this is kind of serious, guys, your father will not forgive your sins. Say, so, Mike, that's not kind of serious. That's real serious. Well, I think Jesus meant what he said, don't you? He said, if it's all about relationship, then we need to learn to forgive others just as we have been forgiven. You can go read Matthew 18 this afternoon and see an example of how that works out. 
I came across this the other day. I thought it was so good. A husband and wife were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. I had the privilege of, of leading my parents in that several years ago, and that was weird to tell my dad to kiss my mom. That was strange. But this girl went up to, this young lady went up to the, the wife after and said, I just got to ask, what's the secret? 50 years? That's a long time. I can't even imagine. What's the secret? And the wife said, well, when we first got married, I decided I was going to do something. She said, in fact, I was going to make a list of, of, of his 10 worst faults, right? I'm just going to write down everything that really I don't like about him, and I was going to choose to overlook those 10 things. And the, and the young lady said, well, what was on the list? She goes, oh, I never got around to writing it, but every time he did something to tick me off, I said, good thing that's on the list. You know, there's just that ability. You'll get it later. It just, you know, just ability to say, I choose to overlook I choose to deal with what is and, and know that God will work through him and me to make a relationship that honors God. You see, here's the thing about getting over the past. We are justice people, aren't we? Well, they don't deserve it, Pastor Mike. Well, we didn't deserve the cross right over there either, did we? The Christ died willingly for us. Well, they're getting away scot-free. I mean, after all, they don't have to do anything. Oh, no, 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 no. We will all give an account before God someday. What are we responsible for? Our actions, right? Our actions, not theirs, ours. Our, that's what our responsibility is. Colossians 3 says it well. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's the motivation. It's understanding this grace God has given us that we get to give it out to others. In doing so, we are reflecting. We, we sung about it this morning. We're reflecting how God loves the world when we forgive just as we have been forgiven. So we have to get past the past, all right? And the fourth prerequisite is simply this. I am, am I willing to love people as Jesus did? Am I willing to love people as Jesus did? Every day we ought to pray, God, let your love come into my heart. God, let me see people through your eyes, God. God, let me, let me see the situation the way you see the situation. And Lord, let me treat people the way you would want me to treat them. You listen, church, if we are living as believers, if we are walking in the grace God has given us, if we are living out this great gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ, can I tell you, no one should ever have to ask you whether you're a Christian or not. In fact, when they do, it may make you pause and go, hmm, what am I showing? Am, am, I, living, am I living more like the, those that are pursuing the goals of the world? Or am I living more like those that are following Jesus Christ? You see, John's gospel, John 13 said this, Jesus said, I, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this you will know, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Can I tell you in Charlotte, North Carolina, it doesn't matter if you have a church's bumper sticker on your car. That is not enough to tell someone you are a believer. And based on how some of us drive, you may not want a bumper sticker on your car. Okay? That's why we don't have them at Hope. I don't think it's good marketing, all right? I know some of you guys. I've seen you. But if we are really, really living it, guys, no one has to ask us why we do what we're doing. No one has to ask us how we live like we live because they'll know it's different. It should stand out. The Bible says we are to shine like bright stars in a dark sky. I was up early this morning getting ready to come up here, and I walked outside, and it was just it was dark. But, man, the stars were so clear this morning. That's how our lives ought to be in this world because this world's getting darker. 
But if we live out the relational side of the gospel, guess what? We start shining like stars, and others are drawn to that. So let me ask you this. What what does your there look like when it comes to the relationships in your life? What would would be your goal this year when it comes to your spouse? If you're married, maybe if you're not, you just want a spouse. That would be a goal. Or or with your friends or your your family even. Hey, it's, it's fall. You know what comes in fall? Holidays. And you know what that does to a lot of people? They start getting tense. Why? Because they got to go be around their families. Maybe you need a goal for your family, right? That that it's going to be different this year because you are going to choose to live on the high road of relationships. Here's here's what I want us to do. I really believe there's some relationship changes that need to happen in every one of our lives, all right? And I'm going to challenge you as we wrap this up today, four, four relationships that you need in your life, four relational changes you need in your life. This is not so much inspiration today as it is just teaching. I want you to get this in your spirit. So let me ask you these four questions this morning, and I want you to process them, all right? The first is simply this. What relationship in your life needs to be nurtured at this moment? What relationship in your life needs to be nurtured at this moment? We're going to start with the relationships we have, right? We're going to start right where we are and say, God, what is it you want to happen in me that's going to make this relationship better? What what needs to happen in my life, God, that is going to make this relationship reflect who you are? Because the reason our, our most important relationships go south is because we fail to purposely nurture them. We wait until they're messed up, and then we go and try to fix them. So, so what are the relationships that we need to be nurturing right now? I, I saw this the other day. It kind of speaks to what happens so often in relationships that, are, that we take for granted. It was, a, it was a, a story about a husband and wife that were newlyweds, and, and they were tracked over five years, and, it, and they tracked how they related to each other during times of sickness. And it began like this, and I hope you don't recognize yourself in this, but year one, the, the wife had a cold, and the husband says, honey, I'm so worried about that little sniffle you got there. So I called the paramedics, and they're, going, they're on their way to take you to the hospital. And, and, I, and I know that you don't like hospital food, so I've hired a personal chef to come and fix you whatever you need because I love you, baby, right? Year two. Sweetheart, I don't like the sound of that cough, so I've arranged for our doctor to come by and make a house call. Now, you just go to bed and rest because you know I love you, baby. Year two. Year three. Baby, you don't look so good. You might have a fever. Why don't you drive yourself over to CVS and get some medicine? Year four, be sensible, woman. After you've washed the dishes and put the kids to bed, go and get yourself some rest. Come on now, get well. Year five, for Pete's sake, do you have to cough so loud? I'm trying to watch the game over here. You sound like a barking dog over there. Oh, oh, sad. What we don't nurture drifts. What we don't nurture will wither and perish. We've got to choose. Some of you are like, I'm going to make it up to you, baby. We're going to all get. No, we just, got to, we just got to learn to nurture some things in our lives. We need to repent and redo. Remember what we did in the first part of the relationship and do it again, right? Just begin to love and to serve one another. I did a lot to capture this girl's heart right here. I'm, I'm just telling you. I, I put it on to, to make her want this, okay? And, and we're going to 30 years now. We're hitting 30 next June. And I can tell you something. It doesn't stop in the nurturing, all right? Baby, we went and got Krispy Kreme donuts yesterday, didn't we? Pumpkin, right? Come on. I know, I know the way to my wife's heart. That's good stuff. My kids are calling, Dad, she's not on the pumpkin kick, is she? Yeah, she's on the pumpkin kick again. It's just, it's just the nature of our lives, right? So in my house, we're having pumpkin a lot. 
Galatians 5.13 says we're to serve each other. It says for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So the first thing we need to write this morning is what relationship needs to be nurtured? What do we need to recommit to? Whether it's our spouse, our friend, our kids, our God, or even our community group or our church. So that's the first thing. What relationship do you need to nurture? Here's the second question. What relationships need to be restored in your life? Be honest. Let's be honest about this. Think about the relationships in your life that are broken or damaged or are wounded. Romans 12 says this very clearly. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If you, if you have your Bibles, underline As far as it depends on who? You. Not on them. On you. Live at peace with everyone. Three, three simple words from, from Pastor Mike to you today. Get over it, okay? Four words. Get over it. No joke. I, I could not believe this. At my mama's funeral back in the summer, I had one aunt not show up because another aunt was going to be there that, that ha- over something that happened before I was born. 51 years of a grudge. How stupid is that, right? Come on. Yet we do the same silly things. I'm not going to talk to them. Why would I show up to that group? They go to that group. I'm never going back to that church. There are mean people there. Listen, we all have relationships that need restored. And, and I was preparing this. I just really felt some of you are like, well, Mike, there's no hope. There is too far gone. I just don't even need to bother. It's just too far gone. If that's your heart, if that's your mindset in that, then you've lost sight that we serve an omnipotent God who can do all things well, who, who can speak the word, and life can change right there. And we've got to put our hope and our trust in him because he is the God of restoration. And I, and I love what he does in restoration. If you go back into the original language, the, the Hebrew of the word restore, it, it doesn't speak of like just moving something back to where it was. When God restores something, he makes it better than it ever was to begin with. And that's what he wants for our relationships. He wants them better than they ever were to begin with. So we need to have faith in God. But what if that person refuses, Mike? What if they say, you know what? Not talking to you. Not taking your calls, not reading your emails, not friending you on Facebook. It's not happening. You'll stand before God for your actions on this earth, not for somebody else's. As much as it depends on you, live with peace. Live at peace with everyone. So what relationships need to be restored? Process that. Have a goal for that, all right? The third part kind of relationships is this. What relationships do you have that need to be severed or redefined? Like, whoa, wait, wait, Pastor. I thought we were supposed to love people. We love people. But can I tell you, some relationships aren't good for you? I'm not talking about marriage right now, okay? Let's, let's be clear. Someone's like, Pastor Mike said, man, you're gone. Out of here, right? You know, severed, you know, redefined. My life has you no longer in it. No, that's not what I'm talking about, all right? But I'm talking to all of us as adults because there are some relationships that we can get into that are not good for us, whether they're friendships, if you're single, dating relationships, work relationships that are pulling us away from God. Listen, to our, to our young, those that are wanting to be married someday or you're in that dating process, if your friend or boyfriend or girlfriend are asking you to compromise the truth that you know, it's time to sever that relationship or redefine it. 
You say, well, why is that? Remember we shared this a few weeks ago. The distance between the truth you know and the truth you live equals the pain you experience in this life. Oh, I'm going to marry him anyway because I know that he'll get saved like after he gets to live with me for a while. I wish that happened more than it does. Oh, I know that he has no job and he's lazy and, you know, he's behind on all his bills and he's still mooching off mom, but I can change him. No, you can't. There's some things that just need to be redefined in our lives. Listen, for married people, all right, listen. If there's a relationship at work that is flirtatious and it doesn't involve your spouse, knock it off. Is that good preaching this morning? Knock it off. Man, I live on the tragedy of the other side of those things. I'm the one that's always trying to help you clean up that mess. You're like, well, it was innocent. I guess not. I guess not. Listen, our character is shaped by who we hang out with. We, we are shaped by relationships and friendships. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. God, God is all about relationships. But he tells us we need to guard our lives, that we are having close relationships with those that build us up. And if there are ones that are tearing down or are opposed to God, we've got to be careful to redefine those that we set boundaries around so we can influence them and not necessarily be influenced by them. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? God, God, God's not beating around the bush with this, is he? He says there's, there's ways that life works. And to understand that, they work through relationships that honor him. One last scripture in this area, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11, talking about those even in the house of God. He says, but now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but a sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Like, that's harsh. I didn't write it. Is it harsh? You know, when you see a brother or sister in Christ going the wrong way, the Word says we need to restore them gently. We need to go with somebody. We need to confront and love because our goal is to restore them, right? But if our goal is to restore, and yet they just look at it and say, I'm going to live however I want to. Don't be judgmental. Forget you. You know, Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. And I got dunked as a kid, so I don't care. I'm living the way I want to live. The Bible says back off. So I'm not even going to lunch with you. Now, this is after the restoration process. This is after you've gone after them and you've loved them and you pray for them. It doesn't mean you stop praying. It doesn't mean you stop trying to, to love them, but you just back off and say, look, what you're doing is not a witness to Jesus Christ. And I can't be a part of that because if I do, then I am condoning that and I'm saying, you know what, it doesn't really matter. Church, we've got to be strong sometimes for those that are weak. We're not, we're not pushing them down. We're just saying, look, we want you restored. We want you healed. We want you serving God. But the path you're on is destructive. And I can't be any part of that path because I've tried my best to share and so have others. You just won't listen. So we're going to back up. And we're like the Holy Spirit. We're going to let him work on your life, all right? I know it's hard, guys, but get this. Listen, God says, listen, there's some things that need to be redefined sometimes. If all your friends are spiritually dragging you down, maybe you need to make some new friends. If your business partner lacks integrity, maybe it's time to sell out and start a new venture with Christ. But we need to understand that there are sometimes relationships need to be redefined or even severed. Last thing, everybody take a breath now. 
I know, this series, y'all are like freaking out. It's like, Mike, this is, this is tough, tough. Listen, I want us to be where God wants us to be, not where we always are, all right? So the last one, we're going to wrap it up with this. It says, it's simply this question. What relationships need to be initiated in your life? What new things do you need to be bringing into your life? What new relationships need to be brought into you in this season of life? Maybe it's a relationship to the church, right? Church, God has called us to be part of the local family of God. It's critical that we understand that, right? And I know that in, in our church and others, people are kind of checking it out, trying to decide what you want to do. But can I tell you, in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can visit every church in our city. It'll take you about 10 years, and you never will be part of any of them because we have more churches in Charlotte than any other city in the world per capita. Imagine that. Throw a rock, you hit a church, right? But God wants you in one of them. He wants you to be part of that family. He wants you to be ingrained in that community. In Ephesians 2.19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. That's what we're teaching today in Discover Hope 101. There's a church for all of us. And if this is not it, we'll help you find the one that's it for you, but find the it and get involved in it, and you'll make a difference, and you will grow in your relationship with God. So we need to initiate that with a church. We need to initiate that in a community group or with an accountability partners in our lives. We need people that we're letting speak into us. I've had a lot of communication with my accountability partners in the last three or four weeks. We're all just kind of making a renewed effort to make sure we're walking together because we're all planting churches and we all recognize that there's a lot of dangerous ground in that. So we want to make sure we're walking in that. So we need to initiate some things. Maybe you just need to initiate a friendship. I'm not going to ask for hands of who wants a friend, but I think some people need, like, I need a friend. That's why I came today. Can I tell you something about friendship? Quit waiting for someone else to come to you and talk to you and take you under their wing and ask you to be their friend. You go on the initiative. You pray about it. Be bold. Because I think there are people that want to know every one of us. And I think God has got people for all of us. That we can spend our whole lives sitting back waiting for God to send that one friend when we can be friendly to all and grow in relationships. So we need to ask. Ask God for missing relationships. James says this, you do not have because you do not ask God. There's things that he wants to bring to our life. We just need to ask for them. So there's some initiation. There's some things we need to start up in our lives. So a church or community group or even friends. Maybe the biggest thing you need is a relationship with God. And for this year to be really good, that's where it needs to begin, right? To initiate a relationship with God, because guess what? He already initiated it a long time ago. He's just asking you to recognize what he's already done for you, that he sent his own son to die on the cross for you because he wants you to experience his life. And every single one of us, if we really want change in any area of our lives, can I tell you, your finances will not get in order unless God is the God of your life. Your marriage will not be one that other people say, I want that, unless God is the Lord of your life. Church, it all begins with him. And I'm not talking about a religious relationship with God. I I grew up around that. A lot of y'all did. We knew when to stand. We knew when to kneel. We knew how to clap. We knew how to sing. But we didn't know who Christ was. I was in church until I was 16. I mean, I was in church literally the same week I was born. This This was back before they had, like, nurseries and stuff, right? My mom was a church pianist. She just put me right next to her, right? I was 16 years. Until finally one day, I accepted what Christ did for me. And I broke out. Now, I was a Sunday school kid. Come on now. I had the, I had the medals. 
Remember those? Perfect attendance. I could quote scripture. I could make everybody think I was good. But I knew I was empty. And one Sunday night, I looked up at the cross and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to my life, said, this is for you, not everybody else. And I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Listen, guys, it begins there. It's not about being religious. It's not about just doing all the right things. It's experiencing the love God has for us who comes in and makes a new life in us and promises to shape us the rest of our lives to be more and more like him. John 15, 15, last scripture of the day says this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. We have a God that wants us to know him. We have a God that wants us to be in relationship with him. We have a God that says, I, I, will, I will do everything to come to you, but there's one thing I can't do, and that is make you choose to accept what I've done for you out of love and accept the love of Jesus Christ in your life. Church, some of you this morning, you come and you listen and you listen, and maybe over years you've been listening, you're kind of waiting for that, that right moment. The Word of God says today is the day of salvation. There's no greater moment than when you know the truth to say, you know what, that is what I'm going to base my life on. I'm going to accept Jesus Christ. He is my Savior, my Lord. It's a statement of faith. That's what we're going to do in a moment. We're going to make a statement of faith and prayer. It's a statement of faith that begins a new relationship. Because I tell you guys, God is for you, and he's not against you. God is wanting the best in your life. He created you with a purpose and meaning. Psalm 139 says when he knit you together in your mother's womb, he already had things in store for you on this earth that you can't even imagine yet. But what happens is this. We come into this sinful world, and we get caught up in the whole sinful nature of all that's around us. And all that sin does is it just kind of wipes out the beauty of what God has painted our life to be. But what takes place at salvation is simply this. God pulls out a, a new canvas and says, let me begin to paint again what I intended for you before sin got involved, and you're going to learn to live in the beauty of your creation, and others are going to rejoice because you walked on this earth. That is salvation, people. And it was all one at the cross for us when Jesus gave his life for our sins. It was all one at the cross for us when he said, you know what? You don't deserve it, but I'm doing it anyway, because there's one way to God, and it's through Jesus Christ. So this morning, if you're looking for a change, if you're looking to get unstuck, if you're looking to break out from where you are to where maybe life you want it to be, it all begins right there. Because when he becomes the Lord of your life, he also becomes the Lord of your marriage. He becomes the Lord of your finance. He becomes the Lord of, of your job. All those areas. And he takes responsibility to let his power and glory be evident in you in every piece of your life. So why don't you do this this morning? Why don't you, right where you are, just bow your heads with me. We're going to pray. And then we're going to stand in a moment and sing, and we're going to worship God and respond to Him. But right now, just take a moment. Let me just kind of let you process this in your mind again. What relationships in your life need to be nurtured? Maybe there's someone in your life right now, and you're like, I just need to, I just need to make some changes. Maybe, maybe there's some relationships in your life that need to be restored, and before this day is over, you need to make the call or, 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 or write the letter or, or walk across the room, whatever that means, and, and do what's right because you want the love and the forgiveness of God to be evident in you. What do the relationships need to be redefined? Some of our college students, I, 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 know, I know that life. Come on. There's times you need to recognize maybe the crowd you're running with is taking you from God instead of toward him. Find a new crowd. Most importantly, what relationships need to be initiated? With our heads bowed this morning, 
just, just contemplating before God what, God, what is God saying to me this morning? If you're here and you've never, you've never asked God, you've never asked God to be the Lord, you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, what he did for us on Calvary, the cross, that he died for our sins. He bore upon himself our weaknesses. Everything about us that in this world that tries to destroy us, he, he took that all upon himself. And he died on the cross to be the perfect sacrifice to make us right before God. He did it for us. And he calls us to accept what he did for us by faith and say, I, I believe that. You see, he didn't stop there. On the third day after he died, he rose from the grave. No stone, no human effort could hold him down because he was the son of God. And he rose from the grave victorious over death and hell. And in doing so, he gives us hope. That no matter where we are, it's not over, it's not done. No matter where you are in that relationship, it's not over, it's not done. Because the same power that raised him from the dead dwells in the believer, dwells in us. God wants to restore and renew some things in your life today. But first it begins with this. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. You say, Pastor Mike, I, I, want, I want to know that relationship. I want to know what it is for him to be my God. I want to give my life to him. It's not a matter of repeating a little prayer after me. It's a matter of in your heart, right where you are, letting something become reality and truth to you and then speaking it out. In a moment when we respond to God, you just speak it out. And your heart is believing that what God said Jesus did, what the Bible says he did, happened for you. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. And then letting your mouth speak it out. And that is, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are the Lord of my life. And I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. It's the greatest proclamation you can ever make. It leads to a life that's unbelievable. So if that's you this morning, let that be your response. But then there's others here today, and you've made that response, but you're already recognizing in relationships you've drifted far from where God wants you to be. You've drifted far from where, where God intends those relationships to land. And let me tell you, they're all worth they're all worth doing the right thing. They're all worth it. Maybe this morning God's speaking to your heart and you say, Pastor Mike, pray for me because I need to go restore a relationship. Maybe you're going to have to make the hard call. I'm going to have to go in, end a relationship. It's improper. It's wrong. I've got to stop it. I need God's wisdom in that. Wherever you are this morning, understand this. God has an incredible grace for you an incredible power he wants to bring in your life. But it comes by getting hold of his strength. Won't you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray. And we're going to be ministered to by a song this morning. We're entering into a worship. And then we're going to respond to God. Because every time the word of God is spoken, whether you hear it on the radio, you read it, or you're in church, wherever you may be, you always need to answer two questions. What is God saying to me not to my spouse, not to my friend, not to my neighbor. What is God saying to Mike today? And what am I going to do about it? And that's what response time is all about. And we sing this song in a moment. We're going to invite you to step out. And some of you may want to make your way to the cross this morning and just give something to God. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a name you need to put up there on the cross. But give it to God. Some of you may be here today and you're like, Mike, I need, I need some people to pray for me. I'm, I'm just walking through something that's bigger than I can handle. 
every Sunday, we, we're going we're gonna to provide that for you. Scott's going to be over here to your left. I'm going to be over here in your, my, uh, to, your, well, to your left as me, to your right as Scott. And come, we'll pray for you. Then we're going to come, we're going to celebrate communion together because every one of us needs to recognize we can't, we can't make life happen unless we recognize the body of Christ. It was broken for us that we may be whole. And the blood of Christ that was shed for us that we can be cleansed of our sins. So right now, I want to just pray over you. And I want to ask God to do amazing things during this response time. Father, we're going to, we're going to respond to you, God, in these next moments, Lord. God, we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to sing a song, God, that talks about how marvelous your love is, God. That talks about how great your presence is, God. And Father, we need your presence right now, God, because, Lord, in our humanness, in our, in our flesh, God, Father, we, we don't want to do a lot of things, and we can't do a lot of things, God. But, God, when your spirit, Lord, is reigning in our lives, oh, God, Father, Lord, we can do all things through Christ who died for us. So, Father, I pray this morning, help us. Help us, God, to do and to be, God, what you want us to do and to be, Father. Help us be people of relationships, God, that others say, that's what I want in my life. And God, help us to always acknowledge that if it's not for you, God, Father, none of it will be possible. So, Lord, I pray this morning, God, help us to respond. If there are those that have not accepted you and God, they're moving toward you today, help them have the boldness to declare that you are going to be their Lord. Because, God, when they do, you're going to surprise them, God. Because, Lord, your power is going to come into their lives, your, your presence, God. Lord, you're going, to, you're going to start changing them, God. Father, and showing them how great, God, you created them to be. Father, for others, God, this morning, if they're saying, Lord, help me, then, God, you're going to do just that. Because, God, you're not a man that you should lie. Your promises are made yes and amen through Jesus Christ. So, Father, let us stand on them this morning. And, God, help us to respond with reverence and respect and honesty and transparency. They're you to being our God. We love you and thank you, God. Help us now. Help us to respond.